The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 98th ever show of All Around Sports. Each Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, we broadcast live from Boston to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, in a few minutes, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Well, my highlight of the week is about youth, and specifically the performance of 14-year-old Tian Yang Guan, hope I pronounced that first name correctly, uh, down at the Masters. He is the youngest player ever at Augusta, and it's just nearly incomprehensible what uh, what this eighth grader did at the uh, fabled golf course, and uh, again, it's just uh, remarkable to see what someone his age is doing, uh, you know, at this legendary location, playing with legends to boot, so... Uh, Again, it feels like we're entering a bit of a uh, yet another new level when someone that young can show up at the Masters and put on the performance, uh, you know, that he is putting on. So good for him, and uh, you know, could be the start of something big. And another youth highlight was, and I'm sure many of you have seen this by now, was. Uh, the young cancer patient running for a touchdown during the Nebraska spring football game. It simply is some of the most inspiring footage you will ever see. Uh, and truly a dream come true. We're all familiar with Make-A-Wish Foundation, that type of thing, and they do just wonderful things. But this was unique. This was different. Uh, to see this child you know, weaving down the field for 60 yards or so and watching, you know, the entire Nebraska football team, basically offense and defense, follow him and then, you know, hoist him up once he got to the end zone uh, with his helmet crooked on his face 
And then best of all, you know, the Nebraska fans, uh, I think there was about 60,000 there cheering it all wildly. I mean, just a fabulous, fabulous scene. And uh, again, I don't think we've seen the last of something like this. In fact, I think this is going to, you know, create a new genre of this type of uh, opportunity for kids, especially sick, those with illnesses. And again, just kudos to the Nebraska football program and everyone connected with it, including the fans, for giving this child a memory that will just last forever. My bizarre story of the week is the continued uh, troublesome forearm of Patriots tight end Rob Gronkowski. Uh, I was there when he broke it at Gillette Stadium nearby, only about 20 minutes from where I'm broadcasting as we speak up here in Boston. And uh, it sounds like, based on recent news reports, that he is potentially facing a fourth surgery uh, due to a lingering infection. And, you know, very disconcerting, uh, to say the least. Uh, and I, I'm not saying that because I'm based here in Boston. I'm saying it as much as the, you know, for the NFL. I mean, Gronk, obviously a huge personality, known for his partying, good time Charlie, very likable guy. Uh, but he may be the single most unstoppable force in the National Football League. And the Patriots are a different and nearly unstoppable team themselves when Gronk plays. Uh, I, I think you could absolutely positively say his absence uh, two years ago may have cost him the Super Bowl, and last year uh, they certainly felt it in the AFC Championship game. Uh, again, not making excuses, but again, when he is on the field, uh, he has just as close to unstoppable, in my mind, as any player in the league. And uh, and they're just, you know, they're just simply a different team without him. Uh, so, you know, here's hoping that Gronk uh, and his doctors, more importantly, figure out what's going on with this infection. This is uh, a riddle up to now, and uh, hopefully they get it all straightened out. My low light of the week are... All the stars sitting out as the NBA season winds down. You know, it's a pers- it's a persistent problem facing and afflicting many sports leagues. Uh, but you notice it more in the NBA than any other sport, such as when you watch the Heat and there's no LeBron or Dwayne Wade. Uh, you know, it, it kind of jumps out at you, whereas, again, this has been a persistent problem in the NFL. Uh, but... You know, you don't notice it as much when a star is missing in an NFL game unless it's a Tom Brady or Peyton Manning. Um, basically, you know, this this practice became prevalent and, and has actually, you know, been perfected by San Antonio Spurs coach Greg Popovich, who basically started out sitting started sitting out stars a, a while back, uh, a couple years ago as. Uh, you know, his aging stars like Tim Duncan and Manu Ginobili, and to a certain degree, Tony Parker, but certainly Parker and Ginobili, uh, you know, Pop started sitting them out and then really just took it to the next level where he wouldn't even uh, 
take him on trips, such as the famous one earlier this year where he didn't uh, take him to uh, Miami, creating a near firestorm. But the good news is, is uh, this will all end soon as the NBA regular season winds down and uh, the NBA playoffs finally get started. And uh, to get prepared for that, uh, my event of the week was uh, attending Boston Celtics practice recently. And uh, it was just great to stop in at their practice facility outside of Boston. Uh, A lot of media were there. very, very high energy atmosphere, uh, and you can feel the playoffs are upon us, uh, just about, and the Celtics are, you know, uh, an interesting team for the playoffs, so they're clearly the team nobody wants to play, uh, year in, year out, uh, it's almost like the older they get, uh, the more you don't want to play them, if you're another NBA team. And so it's just going to be very interesting to watch, uh, you know, how they perform uh, in the playoffs. I always think that they're just a a great X factor. Let's not forget they've been to a, you know, they've made some serious noise uh, in the playoffs when nobody thought they would. Uh, So a cagey bunch, no pun intended, and uh, definitely it's going to be great to watch – Watch the NBA playoffs and uh, see see how it all shakes out. And most importantly, that all the stars will be playing. So, with that said, it's time, and as my former co-host, Lemont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills. So let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. internet flagship station for sports voice america sports football and so much more is the focus of planet gridiron with damian anderson join the former arizona cardinals running back for a show that mixes well a little bit of everything damian brings to the program life experiences playing football and we'll talk about his variety of successes both on and off the field the goal is to provide you with a fun perspective on life, family, success, and of course, football. Tune in to Planet Gridiron with Damian Anderson. Fridays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Ready for in-your-face sports? Want to talk about the topics that nobody else is willing to talk about, either because they're too scared to touch them or just don't think it's the way to go? You're not going to be shy here. Tune in to Here's the Deal with Mega and Steel, featuring Ike Mega Griffin and Sydney Steel Justice. We've got the facts to back up the talk and invite you to join us every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, just before the weekend on the Voice America Sports Channel. We tell it like it is. 
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show... The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when we typically have guests, and on the line is with us now is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. A.P., how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great, John. Good to be here. Well, good to have you on. I appreciate you calling in, as always, and... Uh, you know, I ended the first segment by talking about, uh, you know, how we're in a bit of an in-between part of the season where college basketball is over and NBA is finishing up their regular season, uh, playoffs soon to start. And uh, so, in my mind, that means it's a good time to talk football. So, you're especially college football, and you're our resident college football expert. Spring football is happening this time of year across the country, as well as, you know, NFL Pro Days. Uh, the NFL draft occurs uh, this month. And uh, so I just thought we'd start off, AP, by talking uh, just, you know, about the news that for Alabama, the team that you cover, uh, you know, is are, are sending – just to show the quality of the program, four players to the uh, to the NFL draft in New York City: uh, DJ Fluker, Eddie Lacy, D. Milner, and Chance Warmack. And uh, you know, I think it just talks about how good they've been. Two out of the last three national champ, two national championships in a row, and three of the last four, if I'm not mistaken. And you know. Uh, here they are having spring football, um, so I thought I'd get your take on Alabama, and then we'll move into the SEC and perhaps even beyond that as to what the pro- how the teams look today and what the season ahead will look like in, starting in September. Yeah, first off, John, the NFL draft, once again, Alabama has four players uh, attending the event in Manhattan, and I think those, you know, D. Milliner, the cornerback, have be chosen fairly early. Uh, lockdown corner, uh, DJ Fluker, a right tackle, and he's very good, steady performer, enthusiastic, big person, very big person. And then you got Chance Womack, probably the top guard if you're looking somebody who's can run block, straight ahead run blocker. He's not as athletic, let's say, as Jonathan Cooper, North Carolina. But I believe those three pretty much will be taken in that first round. And Eddie Lacy's a running back. And he could be taken later in the first round. But I think I've heard or read since 1963 there's been a running back taken in the first round. So if that doesn't happen and there's no running backs taken, it's been been a while. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, it sure sure is. I mean, uh, I think when Mark Ingram was selected years ago, uh, he was the lowest rated running back taken in the first round for the uh, Saints. But uh, 
But, yeah, Alabama's uh, having a good spring so far. There's a young player. I think you're going to hear a lot about at tight end, O.J. Howard, big, tall, six foot six, maybe about 240 at this point, can run and catch. And it seems like Saban, he seems to copy things from his his best buddy up there in New England. And the tight end has been <laughs> the magical formula for the Patriots. Maybe it will be for Alabama now that they have this really uh, – you know, high-powered offensive threat at the tight end position. But um, they, they have to replace some linemen, you know, D.J. Fluker and Chance Womack and Barrett Jones, Outland Trophy winner and Remington Award winner this past year. So, you know, up front. They, but they've got capable replacements and uh, at right tackle. And in the center is a, a new kid from Ohio, redshirted freshman from Ohio, played last year about 6'5". Uh, in the 300 range, similar to Barrett Jones in height and weight, and Barrett raves about him. Barrett Jones raves about his replacement. So I think they'll do fine at the offensive line position. And, and of course, when you have a, a two-time national championship quarterback coming back, the offensive coordinator could always rest at ease. Uh, you know, A.J. McCarron, he had a yep. fantastic year. And, uh, solid running backs behind him. T.J. Yeldon set a record as a freshman. And, you got Derrick Henry set the all-time national record coming in as a freshman. He's already in camp, you know, enrolled in January. And I think, John, they might have their best set of receivers uh, collectively they've ever had. Uh, really? Yeah, wow. Yeah, you know, Mari Cooper's coming back, and they had two, three guys injured last year, and they'll be back, plus all the, you know, players returning at that spot. It, it's, it could be the best of all time. And Amari, he's certainly a – Prime time performer. He's he outdid Julio Jones uh, with touchdown. He set a record for touchdowns as a freshman, regardless of the age. He had 11, I believe, school record. So the offensive side of the ball might carry the team early, you know, because the defense lost some players and uh, in the secondary they have to replace them. So you know Alabama could have a high-powered offense, and uh, maybe the defense not as good, but it'll have to catch up by the time the season ends. So they're they're in good shape. Uh, kicking game, they uh, should be fine. So they're looking for another contending season for not only the conference title but a national championship. Wow, that's amazing. Well, it's good to get those details. I mean, the rich get richer, and. Alabama's on a serious roll. I mean, they win this year. They're going to go down clearly as one of the great college, quote, football teams of all time and uh, over, you know, this four- or five-year period. And, uh, yeah, you mentioned, you know, the running backs. I mean, I've had the pleasure to watch both uh, Derrick Henry and T.J. Yeldon perform in person at the U.S. Army All-American Bowl each of the last two years. And both very impressive. T.J. Yeldon, of course, made the uh, spectacular winning touchdown uh, play against LSU to, uh, you know, pretty much put them into the national championship game. Uh, and, you know, given the craziness of the teams that lost there and uh, that one weekend. So it's amazing. It almost seems like, you know, Alabama is just, you know, they're always good on offense and defense, but it just flip-flops. You know, one year the offense is a little better while the defense takes a year to recover from losses of great players. And then, you know, the next year it's kind of the flip the other way around, but both offense and defense remain very, very strong. I mean, they're, they're just uh, dominant right now. 
Yeah, John, they sure are. And one thing this year, the folks can mark this on their calendar, September 14th, Alabama travels to College Station to take on Johnny Manziel and his Heisman Trophy, uh, you know, efforts to, to win it again next year. They'll be in College Station at Kyle Field, and that'll be quite a ball game. I know all the folks in Texas can't wait. Those tickets will probably be outrageous. Yes, well, I'm glad you mentioned that. You literally took the words right out of my mouth because that's just what I was thinking. I mean, obviously, as we all very well remember, uh, Texas A&M and Johnny Manziel beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa last fall. And at that point, everybody just said, that's it. You know, Alabama's done for the national championship picture. And obviously, uh, uh, they got a second life and, uh, and you know, demolished Notre Dame in the national championship game. But, well, you know, why don't we just stick here with the SEC and Texas A&M? I mean, they had a tremendous entry into the SEC their first year last year. And lo and behold, what happens? There's a freshman Heisman Trophy winner surfaces. Uh, I said a few times during the past season that, you know, he reminded me a lot of Doug Flutie, who I covered up here at Boston College. And, uh, you know, I think their games are, are fairly similar. And, and, you know, Johnny Manziel is special. He's made a lot of news in the off season, social media and showing up everywhere from casinos to courtside seats. But, you know, he quickly has come in, you know, arrived on the American sporting scene. And, uh, you know, he's a household name, to put it mildly. Yeah, You know, John, he seems unflappable no matter what's going on around him. So this year, I don't know if he'll duplicate those numbers. Uh, when you when you read those in black and white, you, you're just scratching your head. You know, 3,700 yards throwing the football, 26 TDs, nine interceptions, and then the rushing totals. Uh, I mean, he'd make any running back. You know, he makes them all jealous. 1,410 yards. You know, led the league, 21 touchdowns. I don't ever. I don't think anyone could ever imagine those types of statistics from one player competing in what's supposed to be the best conference. Yes, uh, you know, it's been a long time, I and mean, you have to put this in. You know, one of the great uh, one-game arrivals in American sports history. Really, I mean, you know, it happens now and again, but. You, you know, let's face it, not too many people knew who Johnny Manziel was when he laced him up that day for uh, against Alabama. Three hours later, all of America knew exactly who he was, and boy, that has just grown exponentially since that day, to put it mildly. So, you know, I, I think the future looks bright for this kid. Do, do I think he can match last year's performance? Probably not, but I learned one thing when I was down at... Uh, U.S. Army All-American Bowl this year and uh, some other NFL events uh, that I've covered, which is Texas A&M is a real hot place to go right now for high school athletes. Yeah, they're getting some top recruits and taking them away from Texas and anyone else who comes in that part of the country. Yep. And, and you know, I, I look for good things from that coaching staff. Their offense coordinator did leave to become the coach at Texas Tech, uh, Cliff Kingsbury, so that'll be interesting to see the gentleman who takes over, but I'm sure they'll continue continue with success 
uh, you know, defensively is where you want to see a little bit of improvement to make them a championship contender. And I, I think with the type of athletes they're recruiting, you'll see uh, the team getting better on that side of the ball as well. Yes, yes. Uh, again, you know, the, their name just kept coming up. And, uh, you know, people I would talk to in the know, even parents, whose kids are going there. I mean, it's just kind of the place to go. And, uh, yeah, it just still, it takes a little getting used to, you know, Texas A&M in the SEC, to say the least. I'm sure it's, you know, you would, you would agree with that, right? Oh, it sure does. They, they came in style to that league last year. I, you kind of, you're kind of thinking that maybe if he had a, a game under his belt and, and they didn't have to play Florida that first game, maybe he could have upset them in his, in his first, uh, uh, in a game, you know, SEC game over at Kyle Field. Yes, I watched that game as well, and uh, yeah, well, again, you, you, they're a great addition to what is just an already dominant league. Uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, you're the expert, especially on the SEC, but I believe they've played in six, maybe seven straight national championship games. Is that correct? Yes, that's right, seven. So they're they're just head and shoulders above everybody right now. They're the envy of the, the country in every league, and they're the, the gold standard that everyone's trying to, to reach. <coughs> One thing well, about absolutely. E&M, uh, they do have to travel to LSU uh, in November. Yep, I saw that. So that, that could be a stumbling block, but by that time, it's later on in the season, and there's injuries, but yet you should have some more experience with your team. So it's just another weekend in the SEC. Exactly, exactly. And that, that really just says it all. It's just another weekend in the SEC, meaning every weekend is fabulous. Uh, you know, I, I don't think I'm alone when I say when I'm uh, spending a Saturday watching college football, which is every Saturday in the fall, and I'm just sort of flipping along. No particular game is, you know, grabbing me. No epic, you know, matchup, shall we say. I almost always end up just, you know, with the SEC game because I know you know it immediately when you see it. It feels like it's in fast motion versus the rest of American college football. And, you know, again, that's just sort of my fallback position is always the SEC game. Even teams in the lower rungs of the SEC ladder are still, you know, fabulous and again you know they, they just put on a show for you so I, I almost invariably just end up there thinking like well i know this will be good i mean you look at last season uh john the coach of vanderbilt james franklin for instance he has been to two consecutive bowls in his first two seasons it's never been done at vanderbilt to go to two bowls in consecutive years so he has that program uh you know right there you know, elevated to at least the middle of the pack, and it's never been done at Vanderbilt. So even when you travel to Nashville, you have to tighten your laces. Absolutely, right. There are no gimmies. Uh, Kentucky also, you know, has, uh, I believe, made some changes. I think they have a new coach. Is that correct? That's right. Mark Stoops is the new coach. He has a defensive orientation, which I think to win in that league, John, you really have to – Shore up your defense. I mean, just to give you an example, I believe Tennessee was number number two in offense last year. 
but they were at the bottom of the league in defense. I think every seven out of eight games in the conference, they gave up at least 37 points to opponents. Even though they had a great offense, it, it didn't produce any wins on the field. So I, I think you, if you've come into the program, you, you need to get the defense playing well so you can have some relief for them and get the, get your offense on the field. So it's Mark Stoops is, is in there. There's a name I wanted to give you from uh, Kentucky, uh, John. He's a junior college player. And a funny story, he had five visits, and by the time Mark Stoops arrived in Lexington, he didn't have another paid visit, but he ended up recruiting this young fellow from a junior college in Mississippi, uh, Zadarius uh, Smith, I believe his name is, and I want the folks to keep an eye on him as defensive end. A lot of big-time schools came after him, and Kentucky was kind of late in the process, and he'd be an interesting uh, person to watch for Kentucky. They're, of course, they're rebuilding, and uh, I look for Stoops to improve that defense uh, right away. And offensively, right. you know, they have a team where they have three quarterbacks still uh, jockeying for the position to start. So, uh, But Stoops has a chance to do something good in Kentucky, uh, and I look forward to, you know, Kentucky improving through the years with him at the helm. Yeah, well, that's something you have to you, – you've often said in recent years, I'm guessing, is uh, keep your eye on Kentucky. But great job. We've only touched on a couple of teams in the SEC. We got a few more to go, uh, such as LSU and Georgia. So why don't we take our break? And again, we'll uh, on the other side, we'll talk a little more SEC spring football. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Every Wednesday, you'll want to talk sports with touchdown Tony Collins and his co-host Bill Mattis. Tony's broken records and has been to the Pro Bowl and the Super Bowl. We'll talk about what's happening in sports every week with news, action, and notable guests from all aspects of the sports world. We'll also involve you by discussing questions and topics of interest sent in via email from listeners all over the world. Become what you believe. Tune into Sports Talk with Touchdown Tony Collins, Wednesdays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on Voice America Sports. This week on The Revolution with Jim and Trav, that's presented to you by Outdoor Channel. On this week's program, we'll have Gary Hamby from Deer Dirt and outdoor writer Scott Bestiel, and he'll tell us how to use chainsaws for deer management. Hey, we also have another outdoor writer, David Hart and Brent Eaton with Polaris. I love Polaris. When we talk about food plots and deer management. And as always, it's brought to you by Outdoor Channel and Ram Trucks. Wednesdays at 1 Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. 
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. Join the show. The call-in number is 1-888-346-9144, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And on the line with us still is weekly call-in expert A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., great job getting started on the SEC in the previous segment. And uh, we still have a, a ways to go, but I touched on, uh, why don't we start with Georgia given their fabulous performance against Alabama in the SEC championship game, which you attended and covered. Yeah, they have a top quarterback there in Aaron Murray, and he's so enthusiastic about improving. He skipped spring break this year to concentrate on his football uh, skills. So that'll tell you something about a senior skipping his last spring break. Wow. That speaks volumes. (laughs) Sure, Sure does. And, and he's got one of the best tandems at running back returning, uh, you know, Todd Gurley and, and, uh, Keith Marshall. They, they call it the, you know, referring to the Herschel Walker days, I think they call it girlish, uh, or Gershel, they call it actually. Okay. And so they, they're two outstanding running backs. As a matter of fact, uh, as a true freshman, he tied Herschel record, Herschel Walker's record, or, or, or you know, the highest total since Herschel Walker. So that'll just tell you how good he is as a true freshman, Todd Gurley. Wow, that's amazing. Um, well, there's some other monsters in the SEC as well. Uh, why don't we go next to LSU? You touched on them in the previous segment because uh, they're going to be hosting uh, Texas A&M in November in Death Valley. And uh, Les Miles, got to you know, props to Les Miles. Year in, year out, he is right there in the hunt. Yeah, he always recruits well. Has always physical running backs, fast receivers, big, quick defensive linemen. You know, capable. You know, defensive backs. And so this year, I'm I'm looking for that quarterback, Zach Mettenberger, to be more consistent. Last year was first time starting, and it took him a while to get in his groove. I mean, he played well against Alabama. You know, could have won that game. Yes. But it seemed it, it took him uh, quite a while to just get going as a first year starter. And they'll have, they'll have two running backs returning that are very good as well, even though they lost a couple. Uh, on the defensive side of the ball, they, they're going to lose some players to the NFL, top players to the NFL, and uh, but but they'll look to re, you know recover and they've recruited well down the through the years and so they should be fine defensively. They lost you know Eric Reed in the secondary. He'll he'll be drafted pretty high in the NFL. He's he's going to New York. So but I, I think LSU they'll be the same team like they always are, strong defensively. Rugged offensive lineman blocking for those big backs, big strong arm quarterback with fast receivers. Yes, well, um, you know, again, year in year out, they're just uh, a dynamic team. They're uh, yeah, again, Les Miles, 
Uh, and I believe he just signed a new contract extension. He's going to be there for a while. He, you know, he's a, he's a Michigan man, so there's always that sort of undercurrent. But it, it looks like he is finally, once and for all, settling in at LSU. And, uh, you know, a, a, another uh, monster down in the SEC, of course, is Florida, the Gators. Uh, you know, they, I think, surprised everyone in their second year with Will Muschamp as their coach. And, uh, you know, were undefeated for much of the season. And... Uh, you know, again, made some noise. What are their prospects for this year? Yeah, they had a big, strong-arm quarterback, Jeff Driscoll, and he he had a tendency to run a little bit more than the coaches wanted because he was being chased down. The offensive line, the protection was not very good. So he's trying to improve his accuracy and get some better production on the outside from those receivers who are looking for somebody to be more reliable. And, you know, their offense was, their passing totals were uh, last in the league, John. If you can believe it, who would ever thought you'd hear the day that Florida had the lowest passing totals in the league? And Shocking. It's not something you you could fathom. No, no, not, you know, uh, from Spurrier to Tebow. They've always been, uh, you know, had great quarterbacks, Danny Werfel and the like, and, uh Chris Leak, I mean, on and on, and, you know, therefore that has produced just fabulous passing stats through the years. Uh, yep, the Gators will be good. Uh, I, you know, I, I I grew up near Penn State watching games at Beaver Stadium, but then uh, moved to Florida, and my second week ever living in Florida, I went to my first ever SEC football game at the Swamp, uh, they hosted Tennessee. Never forget it. And uh, proud, proud program, by the way. Just referencing back what you said earlier. And uh, again, it was just a, a different animal. And we're going back a few years here before the current SEC dominance. But it was just like it's a religion down there. I mean, it's a re- it was a religion at Penn State, but it's a different type yeah. of religion down there. Oh yeah, yeah. they have a. It's a tough place to win. Yes. Swamp. I mean, Spurrier. Chris in that name, I believe, years ago when he first got back to Florida. Yep, yep. And it's always been a difficult place to win. And the crowd is loud, and a lot of times they're playing at night, and it's it's tough on an opposing team. They they lost quite a bit up the middle, John. You know, Sharif Floyd, defensive tackle, and I think the safety. And so they're going to have to be looking to improve those areas uh, and, and they have another problem they had last year was being penalized so many times. I think it was 105 times versus like the opponent 77 times. So they got to cut down on their penalties. And and uh, a name I want you to look for with Florida young cornerback is Vernon Hargraves. He's one of the top cornerbacks coming in to college football. Okay, good, good. This is what we want. It's always nice to have a couple of names to, uh, you know, think about i think that's you know the beauty of college football uh is you know to watch these guys again like johnny menzel burst into the american sporting consciousness and uh one person who's already there and uh he's there every single week if you watch sports center if not every single day it seems jadavian Clowney. i mean south carolina they had i guess you'd have to call it their best ever year last year under spurrier uh, I think they were the SEC East Division champs. Is that correct? 
Um, Georgia. Georgia was. Oh, sorry, sorry. It's tough to keep it all straight, but uh, right. they're all so good. But, but South Carolina, uh, you, tremendous yeah, but you, year. But you're right, John. He, he's a fantastic player. I had a chance to see him in high school at the Under Armour All-Star game and big, tall, rangy defensive end. He's a nightmare for defense, offensive coordinators and quarterbacks. But they, they have to replace seven people on defense uh, that, that had ranked 11th nationally. So they'll have the work cut out for them this year. And then, of course, on the offensive side, you know, Marcus Latimer is, um, you know, going to the NFL. So, But they'll have their quarterback, uh, Connor Shaw, is back. And Spurrier, he'll reserve the right, like he always does, to rotate those quarterbacks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, yeah, the, he'll he'll do that. I'm sure this year too. No matter if you're a senior or been there a couple of years, it, it doesn't matter to him if you have a bad day. You know, there's you'll you'll be coming to the bench, get some pine time. Uh, one one area they really have to uh, improve is the offensive line. They gave up 38 sacks last year. So Connor wow. Shaw was running around trying yep. to protect himself. From the exactly. defenders, so that's that's something that needs to be looked at and uh, emphasized. Well, lucky for him, he doesn't have to run from uh, Jadavian Clowney, except in practice. <laughs> uh, so he he's maybe the luckiest quarterback in the SEC uh, in that regard. And Clowney, of course, you know, made a tremendous name for himself uh, with the hit in the bowl game. Uh, it was just incredible. It got shown, you know. Weekly on ESPN, and uh, every time you see it, it's an attention getter. It's it's just incredible, and shows what he is capable of. Uh, he could be in the mix for the Heisman Trophy. Easily could be the number one pick in the foot next year's NFL draft. Uh, he's a special player, to say the least, and he's exactly what the NFL wants more than anything, other than obviously quarterbacks. Is that that position? Yeah. I don't know if there's a better defensive player in the country, John. I really don't. And he plays that position. That's a money position. And when you go to the NFL, uh, yep. an edge rusher and yep. co- coaches, they scour the countryside looking for big men who can move. And he's one of the best. Oh, absolutely. He was easily, far and away, the number one high school player. And, uh, you, you know, that started the you know, resurrection of the South Carolina football program under Spurrier was when Clowney signed. Uh, that was it. You know, between him and Lattimore, Lattimore was also, you know, maybe the top high school player. Uh, and those two basically, you know, turned that program around. Of course, they had Spurrier uh, guiding them, so that was a good place to start. But And obviously they went there because of Spurrier. It's just that simple. So... It's great to see South Carolina football, you know, now just uh, beyond relevant. Uh, they're a contender. And with that said, we're, we continue to just uh, go through the SEC. There's still lots more teams. Uh, but why don't we take our break now? And on the other side, we'll have to talk about uh, Auburn. Hard to believe it was only a couple of years ago they were national champions. Terrible season last year. And controversy still dogs them. So we'll touch on that on the other side of this break. flagship station for sports Voice America 
America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific time time 3 p.m eastern time on the voice america sports channel this is it sports is an engaging talk program that includes you the experts and sports all moderated by coach carl hargrave we'll talk about what's going on in the general sports world collegiate and professional take a look at youth-oriented sports athletic development and sportsmanship faith and where it has its place in sports along with a lively discussion with coach carl every week Tune in to This Is It Sports with Coach Carl Hargrave every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., I've enjoyed your observations so far of six or seven teams from the SEC uh, here during this spring football period and the prospects for next year. And it's just so amazing. I mean, there's just so many good teams in that conference. Again, we've touched on half a dozen or so, and we haven't even gotten to – to Auburn and Arkansas. So why don't we start with Auburn? Yeah, Gus Malzahn comes back to be the head coach after a year or so at Arkansas State. He was the former offensive coordinator at Auburn during their championship run with Cam Newton. So he's looking to have a fast break style of offense on the gridiron. And uh, when he was there originally with uh, the former coach, uh, Gene Chizik, he tended to slow him down a bit, believe it or not, uh, even though most people thought Auburn ran an up-tempo attack. So it, it's going to be incredible to watch his team to see if they can live up to the standards he set to run their offense and get as many plays as they can in each game. Uh, the quarterback that was the National High School Player of the Year a few years ago, Arkansas-born Keel Frazier, he actually he played at the same high school that Gus Malzahn coached in Arkansas. He's a dual threat, and I think he has the advantage right now, but only time will tell. He has all the ability to win the spot, and he has a coach that's going to give him every opportunity. So I'm looking for Frazier to be the quarterback for Auburn. They need some steady play at that position. It's, it hasn't been very good in the last few years. Uh, you know, defensively, he brought in Ellis Johnson, and he's been around the league as a very good defensive coordinator. Didn't work out for him at Southern Miss as a head coach, but he's a, a good defensive coordinator. He, he's bringing a, a different alignment, John, a four-two-five uh, defensive alignment. 
and he, he tends to keep the defensive linemen in the same positions, and you got those two linebackers and the other five people on the outside. They do most of the running around and, and changing positions to match up against the different offensive schemes. You know, there's some there's some talent, you know, in the secondary, but they they need a better pass rush. They're 11th in sacks, so that's an area of concern uh, for the defense at, at Auburn. In, in the offense, they're they're still looking for some playmakers. But Malzahn, he has he's more of a system type coach where he he doesn't need the best players for his system to succeed. But it'd be nice to have some playmakers on offense. Oh, absolutely. Well, again, Malzahn was part of that national championship team uh, just a few years ago, and uh, I think he and the quarterback you mentioned, uh, you Frazier. know, could be a, Frazier could be a marriage made in heaven and. Uh, you know, Auburn, of course, in the news in the last week or two, uh, you know, they continue to be dogged by controversy from that national championship season. And, uh, you know, they had, obviously, for them, for anybody, just a really bad season last year, a couple blowouts, bad record. So uh, I, I think one of the big, more interesting college football stories of the year will be, will Auburn, can Auburn bounce back this year? And I think under Gus... Gus Malzone, they will. You know, John, they were 115th in offense. That's hard to believe. That's stunning. Wow. You know, wow. to be to have Malzahn there a few years ago and then just drop off the ledge like that. Well, so I, I think I think he can make a quick turnaround. Oh, I believe so too. I think that's why they dropped off the list, so to speak, 215th because he wasn't there. I mean, obviously his offense with Cram Newton was transcendent, like the player that. Cam Newton was transcendent. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned Malzahn is from Arkansas. So, again, more big news. Uh, you know, speaking of new coaches, uh, Arkansas stunned, really, the, the football world uh, just a few months back when they, uh, you know, went outside the conference and hired from Wisconsin uh, Brett Bielsma as their coach. And uh, so, yeah, he's had tremendous success in Wisconsin, this is going to be like a bit of a grand experiment, i.e., can a guy from the Big Ten go down to the SEC and uh, and do well? Yeah, that was a surprise hire, John. I don't believe he has any ties in that part of the country with that league. Uh, I mean, I'm trying you to would think. Know. Of, you know, maybe the last guy, I mean, Nick Saban came down from Michigan State to LSU. I don't. I believe he'd been down in that part of the country very often himself, so it can be done. Uh, and he, he's going to bring back some toughness to the offensive line and having some big backs and getting some downhill runners. And so it should be interesting at Arkansas uh, if he can duplicate the success he had at Wisconsin by being a big power team in and, and, and that league. Because you know most most of the time a new coach if they're trying to make a quick turnaround they come in with that spread offense but he's he's coming in trying to do something completely different than a uh, new coach would would uh, attempt. Yes, well that again that's going to be uh, like Auburn you know one of the more interesting stories uh, uh, in all of the college football season and you know one of the more interesting stories again, in recent months, was the spectacular recruiting class that Ole Miss just 
suddenly, as in University of Mississippi, that they just suddenly, uh, you know, showed up on recruiting day, shall we say, and uh, and were landing some of the top players in the country. So it got everybody's attention. Oh, they sure did, and, and especially that Robert Kim Dietschy, the deep, big defensive end, his, his brother's at Ole Miss, and so maybe they had a, a head starter or a little bit of an advantage, I'm sure. But that new coach, Hugh Freeze, he brought a lot of excitement to the Ole Miss family, and they're looking to improve uh, defensively, and they have nine starters back on offense and defense. So I think the, the toughest thing for Ole Miss this year is four out of the first five games, I believe it is, are, are uh, away games, and the first – six on this schedule are very difficult, you know, uh, in their schedule. So if they can, you know, keep it together for those first six games, they'll have a fantastic, fantastic year. I mean, uh, you know, they have to go at Texas. That That's quite a difficult game. And at Alabama, at Auburn, in, the, in those first set of games, and even at Vanderbilt, that opening game, that's not going to be an easy task. No, no, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt is no gimme anymore. And, you know, we're down under two minutes, hard to believe. And just to complete the process, uh, why don't you just give me, you know, one line apiece on the only teams that we didn't mention, which is Missouri, like A&M, Texas A&M, a new entry to the SEC last year. Uh, what are your thoughts on Missouri? Yeah, Missouri, they're trying to get their quarterback to play up to the level he did the year before. And, uh, you know, the dual-threat quarterback, uh, Franklin, and Gary Pinkle has always had a, a nice mid-range passing game. So they're they're trying to toughen up their team to, to compete in the SEC. They found out it's a very difficult league, and you have to bring your A game or you're going to get, you know, people are going to mop you up on the field every every Saturday. Well said, well said, especially in that league. And uh, last but not least... Mississippi State, the only team we have not touched on. We're under a minute, but I'd love to get just a, a quick thought from you on their prospects. Yeah, I think Mississippi State, they need to win some games against some of the top-tier teams in the league. Their quarterback's returning, and Dan Mullen always does a good job with their offense, but you like to see them win a game, you know, up, upset some of the top teams. And uh, I think that's, that's, that's their big test this year. Well, again, even the bad teams, even the bad programs, if you will, are good programs. That's uh, It's just an unbelievable league right now at the absolute peak of its existence. And uh, you, luckily for us, and more luckily for you, you're covering uh, you know, the top dog, Alabama. And uh, it's been quite a run, and it's obvious from all your thoughts earlier, AP, that the run will continue. I believe so. All right. Well, AP, once again, just a great, great run through the SEC. Fabulous this time of year. Planted some good names we can all think about in the coming months. Uh, and uh, I think we'll do more of these shows. Uh, like I said, hard to believe we it took a whole show just to get through the SEC. And uh, once again, thank you, AP. And as always... Voice America listeners, thank you for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it all again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time.
Thank you, John. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week. We'll be right back.